Hello and you're welcome to Faith and Living with Ridwan. <laughs> yeah, this is the very first podcast in this series of Faith and Living and Faith and Living podcast will be mostly focused on teaching God's truth from from the Bible and we'll try our best to see I mean how God's word influences our daily lives and how we are supposed to live through this world that we are in and because most times you find a lot of people put a disconnect between Christianity and reality so you get things like hey put the bible aside we're talking reality here that the bible is fictional and we're talking reality here. but in actual sense Christianity is reality and it's important for us to know that and then also there are issues with you know I get saved I'm born again I believe in Jesus Christ and now I'm a Christian so now what what happens next like, this is why spiritual growth is one of the most important things that we need to talk about or address as believers. As a matter of fact, the Bible says we are here to edify one another. To edify actually means to build up, to grow. So this is one of the major things that we'll be talking about in the podcast. So in all the topics, in all the series that I will be uploading, there will be different, I mean, topics that, that affect our daily lives. I mean, you name it different kinds of topics uh, and then also but we will be staying true to the Bible so if you're gonna be listening to this podcast one of the important things is you must be I mean one person who's uh, drawn to the Bible and because a lot of our teachings will be coming from that and we'll try as much as possible to be as objective with the Bible and not be influenced by our human thoughts or opinions uh, we'll try our best to I'll try my best to do that basically and then also there are so many questions that have been unanswered in the Bible and so it's important that these questions are answered the question I, the, the point there is 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 the Bible actually I mean a fictitious I mean is the Bible a fiction is it something that uh, is not real is it made up of false uh, you know false theories and arguments and you know, a lot of people have very many questions, but I've come to understand that most of these questions arise as a result of uh, believers not actually truly studying the Bible. And I'll try my best through the podcast to reveal answers to some questions that I have. And if you also have, I mean, uh, there, are still, there are still many questions that I'm trying to get answers to and I'm still studying the Bible to get more answers to them. But I think so far so good, uh, there's so many of them that Bible has already answered, that God has answered through the Bible. And all we just need to do is apply the right study. So, yeah, this will be the very first podcast. If you have any questions or something that you want to ask or a topic you would like to be addressed during the podcast, just send me an email or send us an email at faithliving.cast at gmail.com. That's faithliving.cast at gmail.com. And I'll try my best to, I mean, address whatever topic or give a response if it's needed. Okay, so today's um, topic is going to be focusing on the Bible itself. Because if we're going to be talking about different topics, if we're going to be um, addressing issues, then we need to be able to touch the foundation itself which is the bible how do we study the bible now this is mostly focused on born again believers i mean people who are already saved and you're having problems with uh, reading the bible you find a lot of people say things like it's boring i cannot go through it i start reading and then i sleep off you know you kind of find people who say things like uh, <laughs> whenever i cannot sleep I just pick up my Bible and I start reading 
and then boom, I sleep off. Actually, that's so. <laughs> the Bible is not a sleeping pill. I mean, that's not a miracle, actually. It's not a miracle, but hey, so one of the major things that we need to address is how do we study the Bible? Because you find lots of people say things like, I cannot understand the Bible. Why does the Bible contradict itself? And the question actually is, does the Bible truly contradict itself? This are real questions, but you find people say things like, ah, the Bible is confusing, it's contradictory. You find something in the Old Testament and then you find it in the New Testament. Isn't the Bible all the Bible? Should there be contradictions? Why should there be differences between the New and the Old? Now, these questions are what cause a lot of problems. And I'm from Nigeria and Africa, and I find out that a lot of uh, problems that we have in the Christian world in Africa stem from wrong interpretation of the Bible wrong understanding of the Bible and then believes you know when you interpret the Bible wrongly you will believe wrongly and you will practice wrongly that's actually what affects it and most of the practice is what becomes popular and then a lot of people see these popular practices and then they hang it on Christianity and say things like it's Christianity that, dot, that brought this rather or it's Christianity that caused this or uh, can you see what this A did? Can you see what B did? It, B did rather. It's because of Christianity. And in actual sense, that's not the truth. It came from A understanding the Bible wrongly, and then A believes wrongly, and A becomes a pastor, still has the wrong interpretation of the Bible, still has the wrong belief in the Bible, and then becomes a pastor, and then has 100,000 members, and then has 50,000 members or 10,000 members, and then he's um wrong belief becomes popular and then and because we have a lot of people who do not take time to you know probe into issues or actually find out the truth behind issues they just take things a lot of people actually follow ideas and beliefs just like that they don't uh they don't really take time to go through and probe what is this? What is actually this? Why do I believe this? Questions like this are not really asked. Does the Bible really say this? Actually, that's the most important question that you should be asking yourself. Does the Bible really say this? And this is why I'm going to be addressing this. Is the Bible boring? No. <laughs> How best can we read it? This is what we're going to talk about. And have I been believing wrong? So now I must put a caveat or I must put a warning sign. I mean, in our course of studying the Bible, there may be parts of your beliefs that you've held on to as a result of wrong understanding that may be, you know, challenged or your thoughts or your opinions may be challenged. I'd like you to be more open as we study the Bible together. I would try to be as objective as possible because that's what I want the Bible to interpret itself. Because when God and the people who, when God, I mean, when the people who put the Bible together inspired by God who put many of the books in the Bible together. They didn't write these uh, books to be confusing. Paul didn't write this letter for you to get confused, not for you to understand what he's, I mean, what he's writing or what he meant. Or, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they didn't write these uh, parts in the Bible for you to be confused or to start thinking, oh, what did he mean there? Did he mean this? And the truth is, does the Bible have different meanings? You know, you find people say things like uh, a verse could have several meanings and that actually is a little bit offside because should a verse actually have different meanings to different people 
I mean, if somebody writes a letter to you and he, he definitely meant one message, and then if you read too much messages or too much meanings rather to his messages, then there's a problem. There's a problem because he who wrote the letter actually meant a mess sent a message to you, but then if you're given different meanings, then you defeat the purpose of writing that letter. So um, the Bible is not an open-ended book. And letters written in the Bible were not open-ended. They were not letters written for you to uh, um, have different meanings. So you find uh, so many dissension, actually, in the body of Christ. I mean, when I say body of Christ, I mean in the church and denominations. And then you find denominations saying things like, this is how we interpret this part to be. And then the other person says, this is how we interpret this part to be. Or this is what we believe in our church. Or that is what we believe in our church. This is the way we feel. And the actual question comes to, is that really what God intended? Did God really want us to have different feelings and different opinions about his word as Christians? Did he really author confusion that we're going to have different denominations, believe in different ideas in the Bible? So these are things I want to address in this podcast. So this might be the first part in the series of The Bible's Boring. We might have, I mean, it depends on how much or how much time we need to discuss this. Okay, um, let me first reinstate that. The Bible itself is um, 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 uh, a combination of different books all through history and all through time and they make up the bible and i mean uh, the bible itself was not just one book written by one person and then the band abound it i mean the first century christians the medieval i mean a long time ago they never really had something called the bible <laughs> it was a bunch of scrolls in combination of books uh, that they just read independently or individually and then after so many years, after the different church leaders came together, and then we had this thing called the uh, canon. Can, uh, I, I have a problem with that word, canon. And then they come together and they say, okay, these are the books that we accept. That's why you'll find that um, different, um, some people have some more books in the Bible. Some have um, just, uh, some people have more books in the Bible than other denominations and we're going to understand why okay so now the bible that you're holding in your hand is divided into different um, um into different uh, uh sections let me say sections here let me use sections so um we have and i'll be going through these different sections with you so we can understand together but um one of the major things before i actually go into that is in actually studying the bible one of the first things that we must understand is context and setting. The context in which the Bible was written and the setting around it. So most of the times when I give an example, if I'm in a class and then the, 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 the students are making a hell of noise and then I say, from today henceforth, if you want to speak in this class, you raise your hand. You don't speak out of turn. Now, the the thing there is, the context in which I'm, I'm giving this instruction is not generally applicable, is only applicable to the class because the class was actually making a hell of noise. And for me to control that noise, I tell them, for you to speak, you raise your hand and then you all are going to speak in turns. Now see, the setting, the context is different. Now for somebody to now take that instruction 
without understanding the setting or the context in which I passed that instruction and then goes further and puts the instruction generally and says, hey guys, before you speak at any point in time, raise your hand. Don't speak out of turn. Who says it? Somebody give the instruction somewhere. Now, you're misapplying this context and you're misunderstanding how the Bible or rather you're misunderstanding why the instruction was given. So yeah, this is something I need you to have at the back of your mind. Now, first, how is the Bible divided? Now, if you, your Bible with you, when you hold it, you have different sides. You have the Old Testament and you have the New Testament. I'm sure you're, you're aware of this. You find out and then you're asking yourself, why is this part called the Old Testament? And then why is this part called the New Testament? I mean, I used to be uh, Muslim before so many years ago and before I got born again and then when I got born again and I got saved I actually was a little bit confused I was wondering why do we have the Old Testament why do we have the New Testament why did different books I mean is one better than the other I mean why do we have it split in different ways and then I was always confused when people say the New Testament does not say this the Old Testament says this or the Old Testament doesn't say this only the New Testament says this disregard the Old Testament and you know, we used to be given this small Bible in schools and it contained the Psalms, Proverbs, it was, I think it was Gideon's New Testament Bible. It was very small, had a blue cover and it had Matthew, Mark, Luke and part of the New Testament and, and some few parts in the Old Testament. But I was a little bit confused. It took time for me to understand this. So now, the Bible you hold in your hand, like I said, is a combination of different books and we're going to be going through that. Now, let's start from the Old Testament. The Old Testament is or usually is referred to as Tanakh, Tanakh. T-A-N-A-K, Tanakh, and the Tanakh is, uh, that is because it was, the Old Testament part of the Bible was mostly, um, uh, um, uh, was mostly directly or was mostly for the Jews. I mean, the Israelites, the Jews before Christ Jesus. So now we have Tanakh and Tanakh is made up of three parts, which we talk. The first part is Torah. I'm sure you've heard of Torah before. Torah make up what we call the books of Moses. It's called the books of Moses or if we go through, the, when we start studying the Bible in details, we're going to see in the book of Luke where it says um, beginning at Moses. You're going to hear things like beginning at Moses. So what is, is usually, the, the, the Torah is usually referred to as Moses. So we have Torah and the Torah is made up of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. These parts are most times are also referred to as the law. So we have the Old Testament part, we have the Nakh, we have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now Genesis is actually a, a very important part because Genesis is also divided into two of history. We have from chapter 1 to 11, which talks about the history of creation. And we're going to talk about the history of creation. No work. There's so many exciting things to talk about. But anyway, so Genesis talks about the history of creation. And then from 12 downwards, we start talking about Abraham and how Israel came to be. So we have Torah, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. These were the books of Moses. And a lot of Jewish people are actually conversant with this part because this is a major part in the Jewish religion. The Torah, the book of the law, or the book of Moses. Okay, and then that's what the TA stands for in the Tanakh. And then we have the Nevi'im, which is the end part in Tanakh. The Tanakh is spelled T-A-N-A-K. That's what categorizes the books of the Old Testament. And then we have the Nevi'im. The Nevi'im are the prophets. 
Um, there are books in the Bible, uh, books in the Bible rather, that are written by the prophets. So we have the Nevi'im, which are the prophets. So in the prophets, we have Judges, we have First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, we have um, Joshua, Isaiah. Um, you know, we have the former prophets and the latter prophets. So the former prophets are the Joshua, Judges. First and, Samuel, uh, first and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. And then we have the latter prophets, which are Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. And then we also have what is usually referred to as the Twelve, which is Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Zechariah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, um, Zephaniah, rather, and Haggai and Malachi. Now, pause. Do you actually know that Nahum is in your Bible? You know. I mentioned some prophets sometimes and then you some people actually oh really that is in the Bible Zephaniah there's a book of Zephaniah or there's a book of Haggai Haggai or something like that yeah so we have Habakkuk we have Zechariah I mentioned all this these are the 12 they make up the Nevi'im and then the last part we have the Ketuvim the Ketuvim are mostly referred to as the writings these are writings and um, they're made up of Psalms, Proverbs, Job, support so books. I mean, the Old Testament, I mean, the writers in the Old Testament were great poets, seriously. I mean, the writings were poetic and strongly poetic, very nice ones. I mean, the old um, Hebrew culture, the Hebrew language had a lot of poetic writings in it and made a lot of meaning so we're going to talk about this also as we do most of the teachings and then we also have what we call the Magilot scrolls which are the songs of solomon or the songs of song ruth lamentations ecclesiastes esther and uh yeah writings like that we also have daniel daniel which is also sometimes referred to as the book of prophecy the book of daniel i'm sure many people know about the book of daniel and then we have ezra nehemiah First and Second Chronicles, these are writings that have to do with history. Ezra, Nehemiah, you remember Nehemiah, the guy who came back home to build the wall in Jerusalem? And then he had this haters called Sambalat and Tobiah. I mean, that's actually a wonderful story that I'm going to share with you in the podcast. There's so many things I want to talk about. Okay, so we have history in the Bible now. All most of the books in the Old Testament were written in ancient Hebrew and Aramaic languages. I mean, they were written in ancient Hebrew and Aramaic languages and they're made up of Tanakh. That's what I just said now. Tanakh, we have the Torah, we have the Nevi'im, and we have the Ketuvim. Ketuvim rather. Tanakh is the book of Moses or the book of the law, Genesis, like I mentioned, the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus. You should be able to remember that uh, for, I mean, quite well. Genesis, Leviticus, Exodus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And then we have the Nevi'im, which are the prophets, and we have Ketuvim, which are the writings. Now, this is what makes up um, the books of the Bible in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we have 27 books. I mean, in total, the Bible is made of about is made up of 66 books. We have um, 39 in the Old Testament, and then 27 in the New Testament. So, in the New Testament books, or um, yeah, we're going to talk about the difference between New Testament and Old Testament. But first, in your Bible, you know it's divided into two. So we have the New Testament and we have the Old Testament. So in that part that talks about the New Testament, it's made up of um, the Gospels. The Gospels are the written accounts of 
um, the birth, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and this makeup of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These four books are referred to as the Gospels. They are the Gospels because they contain the written accounts of the birth, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're looking for the history of Jesus' life and what, how he lived, um, what he did while he was on earth, his message, you refer to the Gospels. And then we also have the Epistles. The Epistles were written by disciples of Jesus Christ or people who came to believe in Jesus Christ after he died and rose from the dead. So we have uh, Peter, who was the foremost or who was the leader of the early church, or the first bishop, I would say, of the early church. Peter, he wrote the epistles of First and Second Peter. We have Paul, who wrote 13 epistles, actually. Paul wrote most of the parts of the New Testament, and we'll talk about why that is later on. We have John, who wrote three books, yeah, First, Second, and Third John. We have uh, the book of we also have another, um, that's a little bit, but we have the book of James. Uh, James, I come to understand that his actual name was not James, his actual name was Jacob, but then he was turned to James. Well, we'll talk about that later. So we have the book of James, and then we also have the book of Jude, which is also one uh, chapter. It's actually, yeah, just one chapter, the book of Jude. And we have the book of Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews is actually not known. People don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. It's anonymous. Some people believe it's Paul. Some people believe it's uh, one of the uh, one of the students of Paul. But generally, we have the book of Hebrews, anonymous writing, but it's a great book. Actually, it's a very very wonderful book. And then we have Acts. Acts contains all the. Um, like the word, like the name implies, the Acts of the Apostles. This is how, or this was how the disciples of Jesus Christ, what they did after, uh, after Jesus' resurrection, how they preached the gospel, how the gospel spread, what God did through them, a lot of the miracles that happened during that time. And this book of Acts was written by Luke. Luke also who wrote the book of Luke. Yeah, and then there's the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a... Uh, was written by John and that contains mostly uh, uh, what is to come what we expect in the second world or the second life the resurrection the death the judgment that's a lot written in the book of Revelation so yeah all of the books in the New Testament were written in Greek and Jewish uh, mostly in Greek rather by Jewish authors it was written in Greek we have the Old Testament was written in ancient Hebrew and Aramaic. That was a different language. And then most of the New Testament or actually the New Testament was written in Greek by Jewish authors. So, yeah. So we have um, these books make up the Old Testament and the New Testament. And together they make up the Bible. However, you might find um, uh, 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 diff some differences with some, um, how do they call this? Um, with some denominations in Christianity. I mean, if you open some Bibles, you find books like Tobit, Judith, First and Second Maccabees, Wisdom of Sirach, Baruch. Now, these are books that were added in the Old Testament and some you know, denominations believe that this part should be added, not really because they affect the storyline of the Bible, but just because people need them for some understanding of. But generally, the most popular ones 
are the ones with 66 books. That's the generally used um, part of the Bible. So yeah, that makes up the Bible. And the early Christians never really had a Bible that was put together in one book, generally. They never really had one Bible put together in one book. It was mostly scrolls. So they would have the Torah on one side, which was the books of Moses, which was the, the law. And then they had, you know, the writings of the prophets. These were in scrolls in different arrangements. And so when you have your Bible today and you have Genesis to Malachi, it wasn't like that in, in, in the first century, for the first century Christians. These people had different scrolls that they had to read through. And that's why you find some references to some books that were not canonized or were not considered inspired of God or books that were not considered in line with the message of the Bible. Yes, I said it, the message of the Bible. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, the message of the Bible. And so um, you, you could find uh, some reference to the book of Enoch, for instance, or yeah. So, but this books were not really inspired of God, so they were not um, canonized. But yeah, they didn't really have a Bible together. I mean, praise God, years after, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of years after, the resurrection of Christ together now we have um, a compilation that have that has the whole Bible together in one place which makes it even easier I mean if there is any if there was any time that there should be confusion in understanding the Bible it should be in the first century uh, the time of the first century Christians I mean the early Christians the ones who actually believed in Christ early uh, why because they didn't have it all together but today we have it all together and yet there's a lot of confusion going on. I wonder why, but yeah, actually I know some of the reasons why, but we're going to talk about that for the series, yeah. So today you understand something that your Bible is divided into different sections or, and then also it wasn't, we don't have the whole Bible as a Bible. There was nothing called the Bible in those times. So we have, yeah like I mentioned, the Tanakh, and we have the New Testament Bible, yeah, the New Testament sections of the Bible. So now you understand this, so there are parts, uh, so when you want to approach your Bible this time around, approach it from this understanding that most of the Bibles, most of the writings in the Old Testament were historical, and they were really, or they are really very, very important because they're important to the message of the Bible. So. When you're approaching it, you shouldn't see it as one part is more important than the other. Oh, you should, you don't go through the New Testament and you say, hey, I prefer the New Testament to the Old Testament. Mm. That's because you actually do not understand how to study the Bible. But when you do, you would learn, you, you would understand that all of them, the Bible says all scripture is inspired of God and they're, they're all scriptures given by the inspiration of God. So we would understand why they are very important. Now, so now understanding that the Bible is in different sections. Now, before you begin studying the Bible, you need to also understand that there are different translations of the Bible. Um, and it's uh, really, it'll be nice for, one of the, okay, let me say this. One of the hardest things to come about is finding the right translation for the Bible. That's actually one of the hardest things. What translation do I read? Um, KJV. Uh, I'm from Nigeria. I was used to reading through KJV. Yeah, that's the King James, King James Version. And I must say, <laughs> the English, the style of English in the King James Version in those times was really, really, really very difficult to understand, especially if you don't have 
the Shakespearean background and then it becomes boring and for most people in Nigeria you find out they find out that KJV is actually quite boring the King James version is boring to read why because it's hard to understand how do I make sense of it I remember the first time I attended a Bible study with um, some bunch of um, a group of American people American Christians and then they asked us to read the the Bible and then I was reading from the old uh, from the King James version and then they all looked at me with so much surprise like hey how in the world are you understanding the King James version because it actually is hard to understand so one of the reasons people feel the Bible is boring is because most 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 of the times is because of the translations but the question again is do we then read every translation are all translations the same or do all translations interpret the bible the same way now this is the problem so i will be giving some understanding uh, or I'll be trying to guide you through in picking your own translation and I'll tell you my at the end I'll tell you which translation that I use and then you would know how to judge best what translation to use so we have different types of translation and then we have the first one which is the literal translation now, the literal translations are the translations that pick I mean that translate the Bible word for word so for instance the Bible was written in ancient Hebrew, and then you find um, every every word that was said in Hebrew was translated directly to English, word for word. Now, that's the kind of translation King James Version has. That's why there's a lot of problems, because when you translate word for word, sometimes you do not translate exactly what the message is or what the context is actually addressing because you focus so much on word-for-word -word translations and it's more like I speak Yoruba, Yoruba is my um, mother tongue, my native tongue and there are some things that is said in my language that I cannot directly translate to English. I have to use other words relating to English or I have to use other sentences relating to English to convey the message because if I translate it word for word then there will be problems you will not understand what I'm talking about so we need to understand the language context also so there are translations that are literal and then there are free translations what are free translations these translations uh, they translate ideas from one language to the other they do not use the exact words but they're more like paraphrasing and examples of this kind of translation is the message translation or the yeah, the literal uh, i've forgotten this one liberty bible i've forgotten one of them but the message translation is actually the most uh, the key one here this translates the bible idea for idea so it's paraphrased now also the drawback with this translation is that most of the times it goes too far away from the message because it's trying to transfer ideas sometimes you don't stay true to what the message actually is of that text so you will find heavy paraphrase and for those of you who read the book of the uh, who, I said who read the book who read the message translations you will find out that when you read the message translation and you put it with KJV or some other translations you find it too far I personally do not recommend people studying the Bible with 
free translations. That is like the message because it could affect your understanding of the Bible. And then we now have the dynamic equivalent. The dynamic equivalent are these do not trans they do not translate word for word or uh, um, ideas, but they take words, idioms, and grammar from one language and then they find equivalent idioms or grammar in the translating language. So the Bible is written in ancient Hebrew in the Old Testament. Now it takes uh, um, the idiom or the grammar that was used in that ancient Hebrew, Hebrew rather, and then finds an equivalent translation in English. So we have, I, I'm going to always use my native tongue because I'm Yoruba, so I'm more close to my native tongue. So we have some proverbs, idioms, and uh, grammatic expressions in my native language that do not have expression in English. So the best way that I can, um, uh, uh, the best way that I can translate them or translate those idioms or grammatic expressions is to find equivalent translations in English and then the same message is con con uh, conveyed. So you have things like, uh, there's no smoke without fire in English, but in my native tongue, it has a different uh, proverb. Now, that sounds, if I translate that literally for you, it won't make any sense. But I find an equivalent in English and I say, there's no smoke without fire. So yeah, these are uh, the different forms of translations that we have. So. Which are the best for you to study? Uh, in dynamic equivalence, we have the Good News Bible, which is one of the most, one of the accurate translations of the Bible that stays true to the original manuscripts. And then we have the NIV, which is also very close to the uh, manuscripts. This also take dynamic equivalence. I also, uh, there's NLT, which is the New Living Translation, which gives the Bible in um, real English terms, which is also good. I mean, it's good for you to study. I'm talking from based on the ones that I've used to study and I've tested them. So if you want to read the Bible, first and foremost, I must, I must suggest that do not start with KJV, the King James Version, if you're new to the Bible, if you're very new in the faith and you do not understand, do not start with King James Version. It is good, it's a great resource, it's a great, great material, but don't start with it. Um, you have to get an understanding of the Bible first, understanding of the words, of the history, of the stories that are in there before you go further into detailed study. So I would recommend that you use translations like maybe New King James Version, American Standard Version, which is also close to King James Version, or NIV, NLT, Good News Translation. These are awesome translations. These are nice uh, that I've used and I've, I, I continue to use them. Because when I read my Bible, I read them in uh, parallel formats. I have different versions opened up and I try to read each text in different Bible. So now, so I could recommend NIV is great. You understand the Bible in English. You would really understand so many things uh, clearly, directly. The message is clear. NLT is also great, but I would suggest do not read the NLT by itself just have another translation but NIV is wonderful you could use NIV use NLT great also yeah it'll pass it's very nice you read the you have better understanding and you're still staying true to the meaning of the text 
Um, now, when, you, when you've come up with understanding, then we can start talking about studying with KJV. But is the Bible boring? No. The best way to read it is finding the translation first, uh, but understanding what the Bible is made up of. You're reading Old, the, the parts in the Bible, Old Testament and the New Testament, and then also understanding that we have different translations and how these translations come to be. Like I, so I'm going to do a recap of what I just talked about. I told you the Bible is divided into sections. The Bible was not really, really called the Bible Bible. I mean, there was nothing called the Bible before. It was a compilation that came together with different books. I mean, a compilation of different books that make up the Bible today. And then how these Bibles exist, how these com- uh, different sections exist. We have the the, the, the Torah, the uh Nevi'im and we have the Ketuvim and then we have the New Testament section which consists of the Gospels, the Epistles, Acts and Revelations. Uh, yeah. So these are the sections in the Bible and then also you need to understand that there are different translations. They are the literal translation. These literal translations are word-for-word translation and then we have the free translations. The free translations are they translate ideas for ideas. They paraphrase most, most uh, basically but it's not really advisable to stick to those for study. And then we have the dynamic equivalent, which trans, uh, transfer or translates rather message for message or equivalent words or grammatical expressions to the translating language. So my recommendation is use translations that have dynamic equivalent or literal uh, translations. KJV is strong for literal. ASV is strong for, that means um, American Standard Version is strong for literal. Uh, dynamic equivalent we have the NIV good news and the NLT so you could use these translations to begin your study so most of my references when I call any form of Bible verse I will tell you what translation I'm reading from and so you are aware and then you know where I'm coming from so yeah this is the first part of the series and the Bible's boring here's how to read it so I hope this was a little bit informative for you and I wasn't talking too much but um, in the next podcast then i'll begin on how we be how we can start reading the bible or what are the books you should start reading with and yeah i hope it's going to be exciting i hope you're blessed and i'm going to see you next time for the next podcast